0: It's supposed to be Bernie Slavin has scored! Bernie Slavin has scored for Mills before. Collins is to his knees in dismay. The referee accepts it is a goal. It's Millers for one. Right the nil 0 on the night. Bernie Slavin without effort on 35 minutes. Finds Bernie Slavin in oceans space in the left-wing position. Slavin, can he get it back? It's hit against Hitchcock. Second shot. A- Thanks for joining my Total BS podcast. A massive thanks to local businesses Cornerstone, TGM Specialist Cars, Group Industrial UK Limited, MDB Instrumentation, Ocean Lighting and Galaxy Blinds for sponsoring every podcast throughout this coming season uh, and my Facebook Live. So very much appreciated. Thanks for your backing. Thanks for your support. And um, anyway, on to business. Last night, I have to say, as a bit of a fan and as a former player, I was fuming. I'd have been fuming if I was in the dressing room. I'd be fuming if I was a fan. Um, it was an awful performance. You know, losing 3-0 is one thing. We made nine changes. But Blackpool made eight changes. And I see last night in my, my Facebook Live, that are a, a Division One team. People shot me down. Come on, well, they just get promoted. They've only played one game in this division. And to beat three, for me, is embarrassing. If I, if I was playing last night, I'd be sitting here saying the same things. And, and another game with no shots on target. I mean, Phil made one shot on target, and that was a goal. Baller scored a great goal. But last night, just to bow out the competition. I mean, there's a football club who have won one trophy, and that's us in Middlesbrough, in a history, 145-year history, of have won one trophy, the League Cup. For me, as a bit of go out and neglect it and bow out at the first attempt, first hurdle, and get gubbed, humiliated, 3-0 humiliation. It makes me furious and angry. I mean, we've seen the draw. Sunderland, a derby game. mouthwatting, big crowd, fans are back. It's been terrific. So we've missed out on a a bump of crowd in a a derby, which we've not seen for a long time. So it makes me even more furious when I see the, the, the draw. But to make nine changes after one game, I don't buy into that. I don't buy into it. You know, we can't be tired or fatigued. We're not match fit as yet. We still want to see the guys we've brought in. We've brought, what is it, eight or nine? We want to see them. For me, this thing about changes, it's a cop-out, it's an excuse, and for me, it's a poor one. We have used it for years. Clubs up and down the country have used it for years, and they keep getting away with it. The more people tell you something, you start believing it. And I think a lot a lot of the fans have been hoodwinked, and I hoodwinked. You know, why, would, why didn't we make nine changes uh, the last three games of last season and play all the kids? We had them on the bench. We never played them for the start. Why didn't we chip them all in then? We had nothing to play for. Think about that. Why didn't we play them last season? Nothing to play for. Last night's a cup competition. As I say, we've not won a cup for 145 years and we just go and blow it. And we've done that, oh, the years. You may as well tell the fans ahead of it. We're just going to experiment. going to give the kids a go. I don't believe the kids... We'll be in one up thinking of plans as the season wears on, providing he gets the players in. I mean, name changes every year. Uh, I hope me personally. I hope that we take these competitions seriously, and I want to see us play my strongest team every week. But we don't. We abuse it. If we were twenty five games in, I would think fair enough. It's a long season. You know, somebody says last night in the Facebook Live, we'll get 46 games. Yeah, but we've only played one league game. We're we'll not match fit yet. The timing's not right. The breathing's still a bit erratic. The team's still getting to know their new teammates and how we play. Don't count the kid on games, the, the pre-season games. They're, they're a load of tosh. This is just waiting fitness and your touch. But we're not up to speed yet. When the real deal comes, and it's in now, Fulham, one each, last night, beat 3-0, leads a wee bit of pressure going into the, the third game. And then you bring all the, the so-called big guns back, all the first-team players. For me, it makes me laugh when we, we get knocked out uh, by a lower league side in, in the competitions and then we, we say, oh, the, the league's paramount. We can concentrate in the league now. I've said this every year. The cup has no bearing on the league whatsoever. None. Well, last season we, 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 we get beat in the competitions. Well, you're beating the second round of the League Cup, third round of the FA Cup. We never made the top six. Was that anything to do with the Cup, or getting knocked out the Cup early doors, and did we achieve what we wanted to achieve? No, we didn't. So you're being hoodwinked and kiddied. and if you believe that, you're a fool. We get knocked out in the second round, as I mentioned, uh, last season at Barnsley. In the FA Cup, we get knocked out in the third round, Brentford. You know, it's, it's what you want. Yeah, I want to see other players in action, but and I want to see the youngsters progress and flourish and and and, and be groomed by Walnut. But I don't think that's going to happen. Walnut's brought eight players in, and there's uh, I think there's seven of them over the age of twenty five. He's going for experience, tried and tested. So, as I say, we've all got opinions. That's my opinion as a former player and being in the in the in the the dressing rooms and. Been under some great managers and very good at i.e., Bruce Rear. And every year I hear the same nonsense and the same tosh about, um, ah, we're better at the cups, so we can concentrate in the league. What after one game? Give your heads a shake. But well, just after a pandemic, we've been locked in for 14 months. We're getting a bit of freedom, we're getting myself back to see games now, create a bit of atmosphere. You get the adrenaline pumping within the veins. And what do we do? Knocked out the cup. One that was quoted after the game, oh, Jotty, a few quotes to him because I couldn't really be bothered listening because it was garbage. Uh, we had a few questions answered tonight. We're thinning the ground. We've got to look after that first-team squad. What after a game? Come on, Neil. You're joking. One league game. One away league game and we need to look after the first-team squad. And by the way, on the flip side, as I mentioned last night in the Facebook Live, the Facebook Live will run throughout the season after every game, whether it's a night game, because any extra time, Whatever. Um maybe maybe Warner did it deliberately. Maybe he put nine of the youngsters out there that are untried, untested, to make the chief executive chairman go, do you know what? Pfft, we we aren't as a as a as a big squad, we're no we're not the races. Maybe we are turning around and ups, making sure that he's you know, he's prodding them saying, Come on, get the players in I want, I need more players. And I believe he needs more players. You can't keep letting players go through the door. And bring half the number of players in. I mean, I said the other night, you, you had well, the majority of players have gone. Loads of players have gone, and it, and it's not, it's not for me to bring in half the amount back. And some of them, for me, I think some are exciting, but there's some not so exciting. You know, as I say, seven of them over the age of twenty-five. As I say, one that's gone for experience, instant success. Um, He's got one season one that were led to believe contract to get his promoted. He's not here to polish, as I say, groom, or nurture the youngsters. The youngsters maybe get an odd game in the bench, but if he signs another three or four players, I don't think you'll see the youngsters this year. And, and we, well, I certainly know as an attack-minded guy, to gain promotion, we need more goals. We need attack-minded players, creative players who are going to score goals. And out of the eight players that signed so far. Uh, there's four of them attacking minded Amiobi and I'm not Ami Obi's biggest fan I'll be brutally honest Martin Piero I, I'll, I'll hold reservation in him uh, Pizu up front I, I think he'll do a job he's not quick but he's big, strong and aggressive everything that that requires and desires he'll hold up and bring players into play and Matt Crooks I've seen Clips M scoring goals let's hope we don't knock it out of him we've seen midfielders coming here scoring goals and then they caught me middles and they couldn't hit a, a band door so and we need, we need a bit of patience with. For me, three or four players um, would fit the bill for me. Uh, there's a few questions. I asked a few last night. I'll read a few here. Um, Wolfman, I read this last night. I'll read it again. Not everybody that watches and listens to Facebook listens to the podcast. This is Dominic. He says, Wolfman, I remember you interviewing Brian Clough. Where did you meet him? I met uh, Brian Clough, the late great Brian Clough, the Borough great, Borough legend, Forest legend, Derby legend as a player and a manager, obviously we played at Borough and then he went on to manage and did fantastically well. Um, it was at his mate's house in Nottingham. As when I was working for Borough TV, I was doing all the interviews with the likes of Manion and Hardwick and Janemio and travel to Rome Ravenel. I did everybody and everybody and Jack Charlton, the late, great Jack Charlton and Cluffy agreed to do it but I met him at his mate's house in Nottingham because Cloughy says his house was getting renovated um, and he was everything I thought he would be. He was honest, he was forthright charming, opinionated, he was ruthless funny, witty uh, yeah so uh, for me is the greatest striker at play for Middlesbrough he may not be number one when you look at I said it last night uh, in the Facebook Live there's only 10 players scored 100 goals or more in the club in 145 years, Cloughy goals per game should be number one, he's not number one on the list because other guys played more games and scored more goals but Brian Clough if you look at his stats, games and per, uh, goals per game he's number one, and, and as I said last night, it still annoys me that his statue is erected in Albert Park um, when it should be at the riverside, you know, it should be there alongside uh, Wolf Mannion, George Adwick, no doubt it's politics involved, but as I said last night, if I could carry it, obviously I couldn't, I've had a bad back, but if I could dig it out the ground and carry it, I would. I would erect it at the riverside and Friday night before Saturday's uh, game. Thomas says you've probably been asked before, would you have scored this amount uh, the amount of goals uh, in your career um, would you score them now under one well definitely not uh, definitely not one up plays a totally different game to the way I enjoy playing or, or even watching. The one up top wouldn't suit me. I would need a big man alongside me. I've said it before the likes of Archie Stevens, Paul Wilkinson, Ian Baird even uh, young Turnbull, I needed big guys up there who were going to win it, knock it down, and I would get the crumbs or the the, the bits and, and hopefully score goals. And I think that was proven that that worked for me. But when I look at forwards playing under uh, Warnock and, and playing one up top, the lone furrow against two hairy ass centre backs or even a three centre backs, and now the midfield's as deep as the ocean, I feel very, very sorry for the centre forward. I mean the Belonga was heavily criticised last year and rightly so, five goals is appalling no matter what style and brand you play but he wasn't helped and and obviously he knew that he couldn't play that role uh, Akpom certainly couldn't have played it, dear God there's no way on this planet he was going to play it uh, Dave the Rave says, do you rate Warnock? Look with his longevity you have to admire and rate him I mean he's, he's passionate, he's hungry he's 72, he doesn't need it but he still loves it. I mean, if our players showed the same desire and hunger and dedication as Warner, then we would win the league. I really believe that. As I say, when he's looking at players, players that do the homework, footballers, well, if he came in for me and I was looking, the first thing I would do is, what style of football do they play? Do they play one up front, two up front? Do they play with natural wingers or wing-backs? and I'd be asking the, the, the relevant questions. I don't think players... I think players just look at the money and go, do you know what? There's enough money will go, and then when they get here, it's a wake-up call. Mick says, Bernie, you scored a hat-trick in Blackpool Effie cup. you still got the ball I have. I showed that last night, actually. Um, yeah, it was my first hat-trick in England. I was score 7 four Middlesbrough. So, yeah, I've still got... I've got all the match balls I've scored. Ten in total in my career. Uh, Danny says, Bernie, you criticise bottom-making changing in cup competition. Why have... Uh, We have to see the fringe players and youngsters. As I mentioned earlier, Danny, we had three games last season, the season was over, finished, and we were still playing players that we knew were going to be off at the end of the season. And all the youngsters, some of them were on the bench, some of them weren't even involved. Why didn't we play them all then? It's nonsensical. And we're talking about resting players. I remember, and and you can correct me if I'm wrong, either uh, on the Facebook Live after the game on uh, Saturday against Bristol, hopefully it's a victory. I'll be on between six and half six. I remember last season uh, Paddy McNair and Savile playing for Northern Ireland and they travelled afar and they travelled back and we played them. Surely they would have been tired and fatigued. And about 40 games in. It's when it suits. It, when it suits, uh, oh, we'll, we'll throw that one in. I don't, I don't fall for that. If I was a centre forward last night in the team, in the squad, and, and I'm the modern terminology is rested, my day you were dropped, I'd be going to Warnock and saying, listen, Can I play? I played against Fulham Saturday. Didn't get a great many touches up front because we were defending the majority of the game and we did it very well. But I want to score a goal. Can I score a goal? Can I go out and score a goal tonight against Blackpool and get my tail up for the Bristol game? I, I, I don't get the mentality. I really don't. Um, Wolfman still had to believe you're the last Borough player to score 20 league goals yeah believe it or not I am and that was back in 1989 and as it stands at the minute I don't see anybody getting 10 let alone 20 league goals Jamie I noticed you on Twitter the other day Bernie you were posing alongside Borough legend Alan Peacock local legend Alan Peacock what a partnership that would have been yes I met Alan in in a coffee shop and uh, for those that don't know the younger listeners Alan Peacock played alongside the late great Brian Clough um, scored hundreds of goals between them but I, I asked the question on Twitter, could uh, Brian Clough was uh, Alan, Alan Peacock's writing partner and my favourite was Ian Baird. and then I said, how would me and Peacock would we be able to link up together as a partnership? I'm sure we would have, because I've heard stories about Alan, I mean Alan's 80 odd but he's a, he's a fine looking guy smart as him and Clough, he scored as I say a hundredth bill between me and uh, Alan we cost 20, Middlesbrough twenty five grand for two years. We scored just under 300 goals. Um, and Alan is very good in by all accounts. Apart from scoring goals, he, 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 he made goals, scored goals for his cell. So I think the partnership would have worked. Joey says, you played your football for Borough at Erson Parton, obviously you go to the Riverside now. Any comparisons? Uh, no, really, Joe, I mean, the health and safety these days and the seating and modern day rules for me have killed a lot of the atmosphere. I mean, at SM, only the main stand was seated. The hall gate was electric. The atmosphere was electric. The aroma, the, the turf, the piss, the wood the pies is still stuck in my nose and throat. Remember Ersom Park? I'm obviously talking to the older listeners and there were some great days. Pre-season went well, Bernie. Can you read too much into that for Jim? Definitely not, Jim. I mean, I tell the story every year when I was doing The Legends. We went to Sweden with Bruce Rafe. Brian Little was a the coach then, Colin Todd. <laughs> We go to Sweden, we play a couple of teams, we won 4-0, 5-0, then we won 10-0. There was one lad in the team, I'm not going to say who it is, scored four goals against a Swedish team. That season, he played every league game and didn't score a goal. That's how much the pre-season means. Pre-season is about getting in touch, your fitness, your timing, uh, getting to know your new teammates, I mentioned that at the top of the podcast, but... Bishop Auckland, obviously, Lord Vision, we beat them 3-0, was it somewhere? Like we scored something like 7, uh, we, we went to Plymouth, we won um, York City, I watched that, we lost 2-1, Rotherham, we won one. you don't mean a job, really don't, if I'm a striker, I want to score in pre-season, just to get in the groove and get used to hitting the back of the net again after a, a rest, Terry says, last season, we blew up after being in the top six for so long, why was that, Bernie, I don't know. I mean, we had nine games to nail it, but we were top six place for the majority of the season, then we'd blow it. One that says, with the remaining 11 games or whatever, or nine games, the Shakers are going to be off. We're going to go and enjoy it. i never seen any evidence of that. I know that we did lose uh, Dale Fry and Tavernier at Millwall, down at Millwall's Park. They two were injured, and I don't think they played another game that, uh, in the season. Uh, yeah, so, for me yeah, not good enough but we can't afford this season to blow up I mean, there are, the remaining 9 games last season we did blow up we lost 5, drew 2 and won 2 can you remember that? I think we conceded something like 14-15 goals or something and we scored probably 8-9 eight, eight, goals somewhere. Like so not good stats, especially in crucial games we cannot afford the demise this season Uh. Jim says, are you doing the Legends Lounge this season? I am. I'll be doing it. I look forward to it. Um, These are the last few questions. I've got loads, but I'll read a few of these and then I'm going to wrap up and uh, I'll be back between six and half, six. I don't know how it's going to go. We're anticipating a massive crowd at the Riverside Saturday against Bristol and and let's hope we're hanging for the rafters. Uh, Nico says, what do you make of Gareth Southgate being given the freedom of Middlesbrough? I did a talk the other week and I mentioned it. Gareth he deserves all the accolades for what he's done with England, I think he's did a terrific job, losing out was, well it was disastrous, I think it was a wee bit more bolder and more committed going forward, England, when they went to go up early doors, and then momentum and the crowd were behind them, if they got a second, I think Italy would have collapsed, but they went back, fell back into their negative traits, and um, ended up getting done in penalty kicks, but for me, when you, when you talk about freedom of Middlesbrough, should be Tony Mowbray, shouldn't it? People say Gareth Southgate won the. Are we jumping in the bandwagon course we got to the final? We England, yeah, probably are. Don't forget he sacked at Middlesbrough, probably at the wrong time, mind you. But Tony Mowbray, he should be getting the freedom of Middlesbrough. I don't know who the councillors were then, but you know he was loyal. He was successful. He was captain, fantastic. Didn't have the wages the modern players are on, and he was local for Redcar. So for me, Gareth fair enough. You want to get your Gareth. I don't think you have to come to Middlesbrough but you get you get such an accolade. But for me, Tony Mowbray um, should be given that. The whole eighty six team should have been given the freedom. Every one of them could have left Middlesbrough in the lunch. Uh, they brought the, Middlesbrough brought the contract. We were we were all in freedom We could have just walked out. Say see you later. You broke the contract, but we never. We were all loyal. We were all successful. The majority were local lads. Played with the, the, the Jesuit pride. So, uh, Dan the Man said, I've noticed Bernie that Middlesbrough have appointed a head of football in charge of the club's recruitment. Is that a good thing? It's a lad called Cairn Scott. I've heard of him. Don't know him personally. He was at Norwich. He's seen a couple of big players down there. But I keep, I says, I've i said over there, since I've heard the news, that he's only as good as the guys above with the money men, the chief exec, the chairman, if they sanction what he looks at. No matter... You end of the best eye on the planet for, for talent and, and youngsters and, and, and young budding footballers. Um, they all cost money. So what if, if he sees... So, say I was Kieran Scott and I see a couple of gems. I think, wow, how good are they? 17-year-old, whatever, centre-forward and a winger. I quiz how much they cost, right few quid. I go back to the chief exec. By the way, I've spotted two great players. Uh, who are they? What team do they play? How much? Something outrageous, no chance. They are not going to come out publicly and say they've been knocked back with the guys above the money men. But that's what happens. No, just middle, middle's bring them down the country. Uh, Bernie, out of all the players we had last season, who have gone, who would you have liked to have kept? Paul, honestly, there's only two names that come to mind. It was Cabano, who played in Saturday. Should have scored uh, Sunday rather. Should have scored for Fulham against the, the header. Cabano was exciting. He was quick. He was tricky. He was direct as was uh, Yannick Bellassi he looked as if he really enjoyed the game in his time at Middlesbrough was coming good at the end starting to get a few goals get fitter um, yeah so they're, they're the, the two that I would have kept anyway Saturday I'll be back Saturday as I say between 6 and half 6 once I get away for the Riverside if you're in the Legends Lounge I will be there um, the Yorkshire vet's going to be my guest he's on Channel 5 these days and yeah I can't watch it myself so it's too gory but in Saturday as I say, we're at the Riverside. We're expecting I don't know, a bumper crowd, 25,000 plus. Surely it will be after the pandemic and the breakaway from football. Uh, but let's hope we put on a show against Bristol City. I mean, it's important now. We're, three, we're going to be three games in. We want to get more fans on board and this is how you do it. We, you, you, you you hook them in by playing well at home. Last year, we weren't overly convincing. The last game of last season, Wickham, 3-0. They were relegated. We met with defensive output, we beat 3-0. And... Um, Boris Skipper, we welcome him back, Nigel Pearson, he had a great time here, Um, got his promotion, lifted the trophy, remember that, Stephen Pearson's testimonial, Uh, he's in charge of my old mate uh, Curtis Fleming, who's been on the podcast recently, part two will be Monday, Um, he's just joined as coach so good luck to both of them but I hope they get up We won. Uh, But so far Bristol have drawn 1-1 with Blackpool, Uh, not took the league cup by Forest Green, is it Forest Green Mechanics, it's still called Forest Green Mechanics. Uh, I believe they, well, they can beat 6 5 in penalties, but they still get knocked out. So disappointing for big knives there. But Bristol at like the borough, I just look at their attacking force. They play one up top. So their centre half should be good. We're overloaded. More defenders. It might be two or three against one. Uh, and the lad up front, Chris Martin. Remember him, former Scottish international? I think he's about 32 33 these days. And he scored now the opening two games, so he'll be one to closely watch. But have a great day, those that's going to the game enjoy the game let's hope we get the required result or the desired result and join me Facebook live between 6 and half 6 and uh, let's watch we'll another victory and um, yeah come on and give us your opinion tell us what you've seen and if you have anything you want to say or get off your chest feel free to give it um, yeah you can say what you like on my podcast I don't think you'll be able to see it in certain radios or TV stations or whatever but on here come and say what you want feel free as long as you don't swear you can say what you want. Thanks for listening to the podcast. As I say, Monday podcast, it'll be Cut slim Fleming Part 2, and obviously we'll be discussing the game that I'm watching Saturday, by the way. Facebook Live Saturday night, and just finish off again by thanking the sponsors, because without the local businessmen sponsoring me, I wouldn't be doing it. I want to do it, but obviously it's time consuming. You have to be in time all this, every after every game, and, and yeah, so it's a busy old season, but I love it. I enjoy it. I'm passionate, I love the borough, I love the area, I love the interaction with the fans. So a massive thanks to uh, Conor Stone, TGM Specialist Cars, Group Industrial UK Limited, MDB Instrumentation, Ocean Lightning Galaxy Blinds for sponsoring Facebook Lives and podcasts throughout this coming season. So thanks again for listening, good luck, enjoy Saturday and hopefully read a few of your texts out after the game of Saturday.